The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to the Cocky Ride Home for Tuesday, March 1st, 2022. I'm Jackson Bird. Today, is the Tyrannosaurus Rex going to be broken up into three species? Plus, we've talked a lot about meat alternatives on this show, but now it's time for dairy milk alternatives. And no, I don't mean oat or almond, but actual dairy milk without the use of animals. And finally, a study that says going for a walk is bad for you. Here are some of the cool things from the news today. Should the Tyrannosaurus be broken up into three species? Currently, since the Tyrannosaurus was first described in 1905, the genus has consisted of just one species, the Tyrannosaurus rex, meaning Lizard King. But one team of researchers, writing this week in the journal Evolutionary Biology, say it's time to acknowledge three distinct species within the genus. They propose the additional names Tyrannosaurus regina, a.k.a. Lizard Queen, and Tyrannosaurus imperator, a.k.a. Lizard Emperor. But not all paleontologists agree. So one way to think of this delineation is like how we classify lions and tigers. They're both in the genus Pantera, but are a part of different species because they are different enough to merit that. Species delineation can also come from evolution, like the various hominids leading up to humans, you know, Homo habilis and Homo erectus, etc. Quoting lead author, paleo artist, and independent researcher Gregory Paul, After over a century of all specimens being placed into one species without the issue being carefully examined, the first and only analysis finds the variation in Tyrannosaurus is beyond the norms for dinosaurs, and is distributed over time in a manner that indicates that Darwinian speciation, from one species to two new species, had occurred before the final dinosaur extinction cut off further evolution. End quote. But, quoting the New York Times, This might sound simple, says David Hone, a paleontologist at Queen Mary University of London, but there's actually no universally consistent agreement for what constitutes a species. To separate them in living animals, scientists generally rely on anatomy, the color of a bird's feathers, or the specific traits of bones, as well as genetic evidence. But separate species can and do interbreed, and animals of the same species at different ends of a very large geographic range can vary a startling amount from one another. In the absence of prehistoric DNA, dinosaur paleontologists must rely on the anatomical details of fossilized bone, which can be found at different growth stages or varying levels of completeness. This can lead to headaches, like scientists assigning multiple names to the same animal, as with the Brontosaurus, which was junked for more than a century before the name was revived in 2015. End quote. And from National Geographic, Tyrannosaurus fossils can vary quite a bit from one another. No 
notably in the dimensions of the femur, or upper leg bone. Some skeletons have stockier, more robust femurs, while others have narrower, more gracile bones. Years ago, paleontologists also noted that some Tyrannosaurus skulls had pairs of chisel-like incisors in the lower jaw, while others did not. The current study is based on a data set of measurements taken across 37 Tyrannosaurus skeletons with a focus on the femurs and lower jaw teeth. End quote. Some other findings include that the oldest fossils had robust skeletons and two pairs of chisel-like teeth, while the younger fossils only had one pair of those same chisel-like teeth, and from there, the younger fossils broke off into one group with a similarly robust skeleton and another with that more gracile skeleton. The team ruled out sex, age, and individual differences that could account for these variations between fossils, but, continuing from National Geographic, the challenge is that the variation within Tyrannosaurus fossils could have stemmed from many factors that would not require new species names. Dinosaurs' proportions could have changed dramatically as they matured. Individual Tyrannosaurus grew slightly differently, just as humans reach a range of heights. It's also possible that T-Rex took on slightly different builds depending on their food availability or the ecosystems in which they lived. The outside experts say that the study didn't go as far as it could have to vet these scenarios or weigh their combined effects. Most of us would predict that, yeah, there probably should be multiple species of Tyrannosaurus rex. The real question is, does this paper do a really rigorous job of doing that? Says Lindsay Zano, a paleontologist at the North Carolina Museum of Natural Sciences in Raleigh. I would argue that the paper is relatively unconvincing. End quote. That's putting it a bit lightly compared to other experts. Thomas Carr, a paleontologist at Carthage College, called the evidence put forth, quote, vanishingly weak, end quote. Jingmai O'Connor, associate curator of fossil reptiles at the Field Museum in Chicago, said the paper's diagnoses for each species were, quote, incredibly vague. And University of Alberta paleontologist Philip Curry even had his name taken off the paper before it was published, telling the New York Times that he does think it shows morphological changes that were taking place in Tyrannosaurus, but that he's, quote, pretty conservative, end quote, and didn't want to be directly involved in claiming new species. The Times also notes that the paper's lead, Gregory Paul, doesn't have a degree in paleontology, though he has authored over 30 scientific papers and been involved in tons of dinosaur-related studies and projects over the years. Quoting from the Times, He has proposed new genera and species for other dinosaurs, too. An argument he made about Brachiosaurus was broadly embraced. Another one he made about Iguanodon wasn't. His work also influenced Michael Crichton, the author of the novel Jurassic Park, as well as the makers of the movie based on it. End quote. Now, this is not the first time that there's been debates about Tyrannosaur taxonomy. The Times points out that there was a proposal in 1946 for the Nanotyrannus lensensis. Some consider it a potential genus of pygmy tyrannosaur, while others say the specimen was just a juvenile Tyrannosaurus. But if paleontologists are going to be coordinating a new species, Thomas Holtz from the University of Maryland says the lensensis will have priority over Paul's Imperator. Were the new species to be introduced, it would change two of the most famous T-Rex skeletons on display in the U.S. The one at the Smithsonian National Museum of Natural History would become a Tyrannosaurus regina, and Sue, the T-Rex at the Field Museum in Chicago, would be a Tyrannosaurus imperator. 
all of the museums so far are saying this paper changes nothing. Even if they were to buy into it, modifications only happen after a very rigorous vetting process. Sue the T-Rex, for their part, has replied on Twitter with the subtweet, quote, How's everyone's Tuesday? Did anything of scientific merit happen while I was asleep? Wink. End quote. And I also liked one of the replies to Sue's tweet, which said, quote, Thick thighs save lives. Don't let them bully you into a new species. End quote. So no new species for Sue today. But more than a few paleontologists do seem to think there is more than one species of Tyrannosaurus, and maybe Sue will be dethroned from Lizard King at some point. But much more analysis needs to be done, so today is not yet that day. Dairy-free milks like almond, oat, soy, and cashew have skyrocketed in popularity over the last few years, but a handful of companies are trying to create animal-free milks that mimic the dairy product instead of reinventing it. One company, Perfect Day, uses whey protein produced by microflora to create the same proteins found in cow's milk. Quoting New Atlas, Perfect Day's big innovation was identifying whey protein as the key element in dairy products that could only be produced by an animal. Every other element could be found elsewhere. So Perfect Day scientists engineered a type of fungus to produce cow whey proteins through a process called precision fermentation. Perfect Day is not the only company using microorganisms to produce cow whey proteins. Israel-based company Imagine Dairy, for example, last year announced success using yeast to produce the desired dairy protein, end quote. Perfect Dairy has previously released ice creams using the whey proteins, but were waiting to launch their milk until they could get it completely right. This version, produced in partnership with Betterland Foods, comes in both whole and extra creamy varieties. It contains 8 grams of protein and has 67% less sugar than conventional cow milk. They say that it is cholesterol-free, which makes sense, as well as lactose-free, but if you have various milk allergies or certain types of lactose intolerance, you may not be able to enjoy it. Whey itself contains lactose, but in many instances, like with whey protein powder, whey isolate is used, which mostly filters out the lactose, but not completely. And some super-sensitive folks, like myself, still have trouble digesting whey. I'm unclear for now how this lab-produced whey protein measures up in terms of lactose content. And as for if it would be considered vegan, Perfect Day's website states, quote, We hear from vegans every day who are excited about our products and some who don't think this is for them. If you define veganism as eliminating the consumption of animal products, Perfect Day fits the bill. End quote. And yeah, the goal here does seem to be more so eliminating the involvement of animals, both for animal rights and environmental reasons, versus providing an option for folks with allergies and intolerances like a lot of milk alternatives strive to do. The animal-free dairy space is a fairly crowded one. Another company called Better Dairy is currently trying to crack aged and hard cheeses using, quoting TechCrunch, precision fermentation to produce products that are molecularly identical to traditional dairy. The process is similar to brewing beer, with the end result being dairy. End quote. 
Like the alternative meat sector, a lot of funding is being funneled at these companies right now, which is good because there is definitely a ton of experimentation required to get the taste and texture just right. As Better Dairy's founder, Javan Nagaraja, told TechCrunch, quote, It's not just about being animal-free and sustainable, but also delicious. If it tastes better, then it becomes a no-brainer and a benchmark for success. There is a benefit for doing it the right way, because if not, the time it takes to unwind it all could take years. End quote. I feel like any of us who have lived in extremely hot and humid climates could have told the scientists this one, but it's nice to have some validation. A new study has found that even a brief 15-minute walk in a hot outdoor environment can make you less productive by impairing cognitive function. Now, I know we all came to love walks during the pandemic, any excuse to get out of our houses, an attempt to mimic a commute, a renewed motivation to work on our heart health. In general, walking has a ton of health benefits and is a really good way to clear your head and help you feel more productive or creatively inspired as you head back to a particular task. I love a good walk, and it's been great seeing so many more people fall in love with walking. Walking is good for you. But you've also got to be safe when it comes to the weather. Quoting Science Daily, Researchers simulated a real-world scenario during which the Japanese summer, in which workers or students leave an air-conditioned indoor environment to walk or have a break in a hot outdoor urban environment. 96 students completed a simple arithmetic test in an air-conditioned room before either staying indoors, walking outside, or resting outside for 15 minutes. They then returned indoors to complete a second arithmetic test, and any changes in performance were measured. Walking in a hot outdoor environment impaired cognitive performance. However, it was not simply the exposure to the hot environment that impaired cognition. Rather, it was the combination of walking and being outside in the summer heat that had impacted cognitive performance. Furthermore, this effect was more pronounced in people, specifically men, who were sleep-deprived, having slept less than five hours. End quote. The team notes that while these are important findings for workers and students to be aware of, it's also an important reminder of the perils and obstacles we'll need to be cognizant of as the climate emergency continues barreling forward. And just to reiterate that except for on really hot days and if you're trying to use it as a midday pick-me-up to get a boost in productivity, walks are great. I want to plug writer Isaac Fitzgerald's Walk It Off newsletter. In it, he shares photos, anecdotes, and reflections about the New York City locations he visits on his daily walks and about life in general. Sometimes he is also joined by a fellow writer or other creative, and their conversation is recorded in the newsletter. It's a pretty cool concept with excellent execution. Link is in the show notes. So some cool news for Tolkien fans, his estate has released a whole bunch of previously unseen paintings, photographs, and even video and audio clips of Tolkien himself. The Guardian notes that this release is tied to a big website revamp from the estate, and it's now a really nice walkthrough of the writer's life and work across several mediums. And even though I am not the biggest Lord of the Rings fan, I really love Tolkien's style of sketching and painting. There's something kind of gentle but still expansive about it. If you want to see it for yourself or check
check out any of the other new materials released, the link to his estate's website is in the show notes. And here's one for the Office fans. If you ever wanted the recipe for Kevin's famous chili, all you have to do is sign up for Peacock, or at least get far enough into signing up that you are presented with the terms and conditions to agree to. Because apparently, that is where Peacock decided to hide the recipe. TikTok user Mackenzie Floyd shared the discovery, explaining how her boyfriend always reads the terms and conditions, and then, bam, there was the chili recipe. It looks like a pretty good recipe. Bunch of good spices, jalapeno, couple of bottles of beer for flavor. The recipe might be for the enormous quantity that Kevin spills in the episode, though, so you probably want to cut it in half or quarters before trying it yourself. And if you can't be bothered to go sign up for Peacock and scroll through their terms and conditions to get the recipe, it's posted in the consequence link in the show notes. But that is it from me for today. As always, this show was produced by Ride Home Media and Kotki.org. I am Jackson Bird, and I will talk to you again tomorrow. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger, because we have professional grade supplies for every industry, even hard to find products. And we have same day pickup and next day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.